actually finished chapter 6 last week, and uh, we'll start again and uh, start in chapter 7 this week. Before we get started, do we have any prayer requests for tonight? It looked like it. Uh, there was a lady trapped in a car. They were trying to get her out. They had people sitting everywhere, and the ambulance was coming. It was up the other end by the store. And uh, it looked real bad. Of course, the new car was turned over. Yeah. It looked like she or whoever that was had pulled out in front of the other and got broadsided. Mm -hmm. It was caved in. Mm -hmm. And they couldn't get her door open, couldn't get her out. It looked bad. Is that up at the store? Yeah, right up here at the store. <clears throat> oh, Brother Glenn. If anybody's coming from 59, they have a race and they're backed up from the yeah. to the house to 59 out of the way. Yeah, that's what they do, just tell them. Did they ever get them out of that car? They the sit in the ditch. We'll put, put down about the wreck. We'll pray for him here in just a minute. He hit him doing about 80. I can tell you that. The truck's messed up. Mm. Yeah. That's a dangerous place right there. They did, I think they made it more dangerous when they did the lights the way they did it there. You think so? I do. Especially when you have to turn left and you have to bear off into that northbound or southbound lane. Yeah. And when the wreck is at store. It's on this side of the river. It's on oh, this side. Oh, okay. That's the soil. Okay. All right. Any other prayer requests? Remember BJ and uh, Kim? I, I hadn't heard from her today. I assume they came back. I don't know if they came back yesterday. They're going to come back today. Uh, but his surgery went much better than they had anticipated. They didn't have to cut near as much off of him as they thought they were. And, uh, and the surgery that was supposed to have been five or six hours on the last of about two, they, had, they didn't have to use any drain tube, nor did they have to do any skin grafts. So, uh, Thank the Lord. That's all yeah. great news. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they went into the surgery thinking it was going to be six hours. Yeah. yeah. And she said when the doctor... They were even talking about skin grafts, weren't they? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He went in at 3:48, and at 5:43, the doctor came out. I scared her to death, and he came out. But uh, it was good news. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ooh, well, bless his heart. Yeah. So let's remember uh, her dad. He's he is on the prayer list already. Clifton Penninger. He is. Uh, he's under hospice care at home. I remember them. Any, any other prayer requests? Yeah, that, yes, ma'am. Gary, would you please pray that I will get over this dizzy headedness that I'm having? I am still having problems. The Orr family there in Bloomberg, uh, Linda I passed away the other day. And I think Kenneth, he's still in Dallas trying to recover. Okay. Or family. Anyone else? Neil Peacock family. Neil Peacock. His family. Mr. Now, Neil is that the one you was asking me about the other he day? He did. He passed away. <coughs> Neil Peacock family. Yes. Real bad arthritis, yes. We need to pray for a board for trying <laughs> yeah, we ought to always pray for them anyway. Thank you, Father, for the blessedness of today, for the first day of fall. God, uh, there's a change of the season, and and it was actually cooler. And and today, and especially this morning, we thank you for for that, for allowing us to see another change. And, and God, we just uh, when we.
we see those things, we just realize and know that those are things that you set into motion during creation that is it's still in motion today. And it's just a, it's just a, a picture that uh, to us who know you, that you're still there, you're still in control of everything. So God, we praise you for that. Lord, we lift up all these needs that's been made known here tonight. And we pray, God, for the people that's involved in this wreck that's uh, ongoing even now up here on 59. And, and Lord, we just pray for those people uh, that, uh, that, Lord, you were with them during that time. And, and God, that you spared lives. And, and Lord, that, that, uh, that people will be okay from the wreck, God. And, and Lord, bless those responders that are handling the situation and the traffic that's backed up. Uh, Lord, watch, watch over each and every one. God, we thank you, Lord, for the good report we got back from BJ and Tim yesterday, and we just pray, Father God, that uh, that uh, you continue, Lord, to bless that young man, uh, bless his health, and, and, and help him to have a full recovery and a complete recovery from that. God, we lift up Barbara to you, and, and we just pray, Father God, that she's having issues with her health, and Amen. we lift her up to you, and pray, Father God, that, uh, that you would uh, resolve those issues, God. If you want to touch her body, Lord, praise your name. We'll, we'll, we'll take that any day. And, and God, but if there's something she needs to know or someone she needs to see, I just pray that you'd put her in contact with the right doctor or, or whoever it's going to take to, to, to fix her situation, God. And it's been going on for a while. So bless her, God, and, and, uh, and bring her back to health. We pray for the Orr family, God, just lost a loved one to death, and the Peacock family that's lost a loved one. And there's so many people, God, who who are, are dying and around us, and there's a lot of families who are grieving and suffering and mourning, and uh, and God wondering, you know, what's happening. And and we've seen a lot of death in the last two years. So God bless these families, God, and and uh, we just pray, Father, that. Uh, and Lord, you'd bring them peace, that uh, you'd, you'd be with the people who minister to their needs and the families and uh, that, that are close to them, that, that will take them and, and love on them and, and be there for them. So Lord, we lift them up to you and pray for each one, God. We also pray, God, for our Border Patrol, for all of the, the people who work in, uh, in the first responder field, for all of those who who are at risk every day, and especially down on the border. God, we lift them all up to you. Pray, God, that, uh, that you just watch over and protect them, God, and and Lord, help them to, to be the men uh, that you want them to be, and and, uh, and look out for our welfare, and for even for those that are coming across illegally, that, that God, that uh, they would be able to take care of those people. Amen. Bless them, Lord. So, Lord, we just lift all this up to you. And we trust and pray, God, that uh, that your will would be done. <clears throat> and, Father, that we would rely on you and trust you with all of our hearts and not lean on our own understanding, God. If we go in to do that, we only we can only see and hear what, what the world wants us to see and hear. And so, God, you know truth. You know it all. You know what's going on. You know what's going on behind the scenes. You know what's going on in our leaders' heads and in their hearts. So God, we, we just we just pray, God, uh, for our leaders, we do. We lift them up to you, Lord. They need prayer, and more importantly, they need you more than anything in this world. God, that they, uh, they could, we could have this nation turn back to a moral, godly nation again. Amen. And so, Lord, we, we just pray, God, that, uh, that you would make yourself manifest, that you would reveal yourself to us all, and God, that we would see your great and mighty works and, and bless your church, God. And may we be a united fellowship, a united kingdom, a united people um, that are called by your name, united in purpose with one mind and one accord, and that we all pray for the same thing, and that's the healing of this country and the healing of this world. But at the same time, Lord, we pray also, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Lord, we love you and praise you. Bless in the service tonight. Bless as we study your word and grant us wisdom and understanding and, and show us some things, Lord, in it. And we're going to give you praise and be quick to give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right.
said. Brother Gary, I'm a little hesitant to even talk about stuff on the news, but I got a slotted time. I do listen to it, and I did see where Congress voted to not support Israel in that Iron Dome. Right. They had over a thousand missiles blown at them, you know, just in one little <clears throat> series. And uh, without that Iron Dome, they'll it'll be bad. Before, so, we left, before we left home, the Democrats made a deal to put it in a separate bill later this week and vote on it so they can get their money. Okay. So they shut the squad down. So, but I, I listen for stuff like that because I know, you know, at some point. Well, I assume I'm not gonna, I don't want to get bogged down in the news. We've talked about it, and, and uh, I just I found that interesting. I didn't hear this latter part. Yeah. It, it just was on before we left the house that yeah. they were going to uh, bring a bill that then they get like there was no problem getting it passed. So. I would imagine knowing them, they did the same thing with those F-22 fighter jets. We sent them that time. They they built their own after that, and they've got jets that that are just as qualified as our new F-35 now from their own inventions. So hopefully this Iron Dome that they've had protecting them for several years, more than likely they're building their own right now. They're not dummies, thank God for that, and he's not going to let anything happen to them. Well, I know he's not, but at some, at some point I think, you know, the United States will turn their back. Oh, not that. that. No doubt. That's just, to me, that it's, was like, whoo. It's coming down the pipe, and the scripture's plain, that, that all nations will be against them at, at some point, so just get ready. Don't be surprised when you see it. And, you know, like the Lord said, He's shown us all this stuff in the Word, and He said, don't be surprised when you see these things come come to pass. And and uh, people who don't study the Scripture are shocked when they see these things, but if you study the Scripture, you know those things are coming. And that, that's all I got to say about that. I don't get hung up on the news so I could talk a lot in my little span. I do listen to it, but I, that was interesting. Yeah. on a world scale yeah. because it does affect sure. Israel. Sure. Here I know this in this wild thing. When do you think that we'd ever see the day that men on horseback would run people back across their border? Amen. Yeah. I mean, this is whatever it is, it is. Yeah, you're gonna see a lot of things. It's gonna be, it's gonna happen just the way the word says it's gonna to happen too. So don't be shocked when you see it. When these things come to pass, you know what Jesus said, and you start seeing these things. Look up, mm -hmm. <laughs> brother. I, I believe those people coming is just another mission field. It is. Those people have heard nothing, I, and I may be out on a limb here, but they've probably been raised under Catholicism. And they don't have a clue what the word says. Mm -hmm. Not a peep at it. Yeah. But I'm saying these people are right for a mission field. Well, there's a lot of them probably coming across that has no evil intent or just well, want to get away from something. But on the other hand, I believe there's those being brought here. Oh, they're cleaning the prisons yeah. and the jails. They're, they're being brought here for a purpose, too, yeah. by our own government. Yeah. Many of them. Brought here for a purpose. Let's don't go there. Yeah, we don't need to go there. Let's go to chapter seven. I didn't and, go there. And let's talk about uh, let's talk some more about the uh, the tabernacle. We uh, we talked about last uh, last Wednesday about the Nazarites and the vows and and uh, all of these things uh, that came and we ended. Uh, actually, we spent more time on the last six five or six verses. Six or seven verses, I guess, talking about the blessings on the children of Israel, which are still in effect, by the way, even more so now that they've uh, um, received their nation. So we're actually going to be uh, talking more tonight about about the country that we're talking about. That's in a looks like they're in. The, you know what? They've always been in a dire strait. They were in a dire strait before they were ever a nation. They were in a dire strait when they became a nation. And they've been in the dire strait all of their existence when you think about it. And most of the time when they were in dire straits it's because they weren't doing right with God. And he punished them. And he uses nations to punish them. He always has and he always will. Uh, but we do know there's going to come a time when they're going to look up and they're going to say, we actually killed the Messiah. And look out world then. When they figure that out, he, he'll be back. 
he'll be back uh, for them. Oh, uh, hopefully we'll already be gone when that happens, but uh, anyway, it'll be what it'll be. Somebody read for me, we're going to be talking about the offerings tonight uh, that uh, it kind of it kind of <coughs> left us last week from the Nazarites and the blessings uh, when we were talking about all this stuff about the temple and uh, the tabernacle that they built. And we're going to get back into the tabernacle and uh, the, the things that are required of the people once the tabernacle are built, we've already studied about the, the Levites and the, uh, the Gershonites and the, uh, Mer, uh, Merar, the families of Merari and uh, of Kohath and, uh, and what their uh, work was in the tabernacle. We're going to be looking uh, to, uh, some more at that tonight. Um, and we're also going to be looking at the, uh, what God required of the nation as a whole to, to supply and to uh, do the, to to provide everything needed for the work in the tabernacle, and not only that, the dedication of the tabernacle. So that's something we all need to remember that it's always been that way ever since there was a tabernacle. God called on the people to supply everything it took to build it. He, he called on the people to build everything He told them. He required the people to do it just the way He said. He set the form of worship. He set the form of commandment. He set the form of uh, sacrifice. He placed the people where he wanted them, as he wanted them, and he, he dedicated people for the service. He's still doing that in his church, by the way. That's still the way he works. Amen. Uh, I heard a man say something the other day that, uh, that I hadn't really thought about, and uh, he said God is a spirit, and he needs a human host. Amen. He, and that's why he dwells in us now. We are his human host that the Holy Spirit dwells in and he uses us to accomplish his plan and his will. Not only does he use good, holy, righteous people, but he uses evil men too to accomplish his will. Okay? So don't never forget that about God. And so he, he never loses control. He is always in control. And what we have to worry about ourselves is where we fit in his kingdom. Are we for him or are we against him? It's that simple. Amen? Are we for him or are we against him? If we're for him, it would behoove us to get in this word and understand what that means and what he's doing. And he, he's not hiding this stuff from us. He's showing it to us. And if you study it enough, you begin to see it transpire before your very eyes. Amen? And so, uh, somebody read for me uh, verses 1. Uh, let's go ahead and read 1 through 9, please. Now on, day, now on the day that Moses had finished setting up the tabernacle, he anointed it and consecrated it with all its furnishings, and the altar and all its utensils. He anointed them and consecrated them also. Then the leader of Israel the heads of, of their father's household made an offering. They were the leaders of the tribes. They were the ones who were over the numbered men. When they brought their offerings before the Lord, six covered carts and twelve oxen, a cart of every two of the leaders and an oxen for each uh, one, then they presented them before the tabernacle. And then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Accept these things from them that they may be used in the service of the tent of meeting and you shall give them to the Levites to each man according to his service so Moses took the carts and the oxen and gave them to the Levites two carts and four oxen he gave to the sons of Gershon according to their service and four carts and eight oxen he gave to the sons of Moriah according to their service under the direction of Itmar, the son of Aaron, the priest. But he did not give any to the sons of Kohath because theirs was a service of the holy objects which they carried on the shoulders. Okay, so we find that, that when he began, when, when, when the Lord uh, got ready to, to set the Levites up and to, uh, and to be uh, fixing to dedicate the temple, we talked uh, in a chapter or two back about uh, these, these sons of Levi uh, who are divided up into three families. Each one has a, uh, a, a head. Uh, that's one of the sons of Levi. They're called by that name. These, these men are dead and gone, but they have chiefs of these families 
and they use these chiefs and they call them by the names of the sons of Levi. That's the way they're identified. And each, uh, each son of Levi has a specific uh, job to do in the temple work. And, and uh, so uh, uh, the, you find then that, uh, that in order for them to, to, to move the tabernacle and get it from one lake location to another, they were responsible for moving this, uh, this pretty good sized tabernacle. Uh, had a lot of weight, a lot of heavy things in it, and they were responsible for doing that. And so the, the Lord told them, he said, I want the, the, the princes of Israel, the, the, the princes over the 12 tribes, and I want them to donate some things. And he said, I want them to donate, in verse 3, six covered wagons and 12 oxen. So he didn't get a, a wagon from each tribe, so uh, the, uh, there was two tribes that would get to share given a wagon. And then each tribe had to give an oxen that would be used. And so he, the Lord told him, he said, because he knew that although some of this stuff was going to be, be carried on shoulders, that some of it was way too heavy to be carried that way. Okay, especially the timbers and even the coverings. When you think about the size of that veil, how heavy that thing was, can you imagine? And it folds and, and does all this number, uh, how hard that would have been to transport. So he, he gave the uh, two of the wagons to, uh, to the... Uh, uh, the sons of Gershon, and uh, when you when you think about what they were doing, does anybody remember what their responsibility was? What they're supposed to carry on these two wagons with these four oxen? They were responsible for the coverings, the skins, the the veil. Actually, the veil was transported with the with the with the other holy articles. But everything, all of the tents that went around this place, all the, the layers of, of hide and skin that went over it, all the hangings that went around it, they were responsible for taking this and it was going to take two wagons in order for them to get all this stuff on there for them to haul it across country. And so uh, that's what they were, they, they were responsible for the curtains, the skins, the coverings, and the hangings, everything that hung. So I guess it did include the veil. And so, uh, uh, this is what they had. So they, they were allotted two wagons, and then the sons of Merari, uh, they uh, uh, got four wagons and eight oxen. So all the wagons, all six wagons, and all 12 oxen was given to these uh, two uh, tribes of Levi. And Merari, their people was responsible for the poles, the beams, the bars, the pillars, and the sockets, all of those things, the big heavy stuff, the wood articles, and, and uh, they were responsible for for handling that stuff, the gates and everything. So they needed a lot more wagons because they had a lot heavier stuff because some of this stuff was big now. And so, uh, so they, they were responsible for loading that. And so they, they were given these uh, uh, oxen and these, these wagons. And then the, the other son, which is Kohat, uh, 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 Randy talked that, y'all uh, talked about them when Randy did Wednesday night while we were gone. And, uh, and, and if you'll remember, everything that they carried, they had to be carried on their own shoulders. Amen? And they had those poles that ran through the, 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 the Ark of the Covenant. They had the poles that ran through everything, that, the tables and everything. And they would, they would have to lift them up on their shoulders and they had to walk that way. And you say, well, man, they got snookered on that deal, you know? Uh, but uh, yeah, I believe, I remember Randy bringing out that it was a blessing to them. It was an honor to them to carry the most holy parts of the tabernacle and to be able to carry it on their shoulders. They deemed it as an honor. And so that's something to think about. And so, they, the, But everything that they had that they needed was supplied by the people. Okay, Just like it is in the church today. You have what you have here because it's supplied by the people. The money to build it was supplied by the people. The labor was supplied by people. Everything that we have, God uses people to supply those things. And it don't stop there. It goes on and on and on. The teaching, the preaching, the, uh, the, anything that's done, the deacons, whatever's done in the church is done through people. Amen? And so we need to allow God to use us in that capacity. He, that's why he loves a cheerful giver. When God gets ready to do something, he don't need some chinchy old tightwad. 
Amen? And if you remember, when they were building this thing, and they began to call for the articles that they needed, they needed gold, they needed silver, they needed all kinds of, of animal skins, they needed all this stuff. And if you remember, Moses had to ask the children of Israel to stop bringing stuff because they had more than they could use. And what a beautiful picture that is of a cheerful giver or a people dedicated and given to the cause of God. And so uh, I don't preach about money. I don't, I don't preach and hammer y'all about giving and paying. It's something that I feel like that if God has you, he's got the rest of it. Amen. And that we are to be able and willing to, if we're a part of the kingdom work, to finance what, uh, what, what we're involved in. Amen. And, and not only what we're involved in, but sometimes we're, we're asked to finance what we're not even involved in. And that gets us involved is because, you know, one of these days we're going to be in glory. And, and you're going to see some things that you were involved in that you don't even know you were involved in. Do you believe that? You have been responsible maybe for starting something or giving to a cause that, that led to great things in the kingdom of God. And so missionary work's an example of that, that, uh, that there's countries and there's, uh, there's churches in these mission fields and these foreign countries. And, and you know what? We, we have to be careful how we look at foreigners. Have to be careful because we got Amen. a bad taste. We got a bad taste in our mouth about foreigners coming into our country. And when you look at our country, every one of us are foreigners when you think about it. And, and so we have to be careful because uh, like A.D. said a while ago, that's a mission field. It's a mission field. And so the Christian needs to see people as a mission field. Uh, I just uh, want to share, uh, some of you know, uh, Ricky Davis. I know Ricky Davis. Any of y'all know Ricky Davis? I know Pete does, A.D. does. Uh, he got saved uh, yesterday morning. Well, praise God. <laughs> Called on the name of the Lord, bawling and squalling, and told his son he gets able, he wants to come up here and be baptized. And uh, he, God's still on his throne. Amen. We, we need to focus on lost people and quit worrying about everything else. Amen. There's a lot of people out there, there's a lot of Rickies out there that need Jesus Christ. They're just waiting on someone to come explain it. You know, one of the things is I talked to him, and he told me, he kept saying, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. He kept saying that. And I thought about the Ethiopian eunuch, and, and when Philip went to him and asked him, he said, do you understand anything you're looking at? He said, how can I? Except some man tell me. Y'all, this is the work, the mission of Jesus Christ that he has left for us to lead people to him. We know him. We know about him. We know who he is. And there's people out there that need to know what you know. They don't know. We've assumed too long. We live in the Bible Belt. I've heard that all my life. You know what I, I found out? There ain't very many people know ten deadly weeks about the Bible. They don't know anything about the Bible. And it's our responsibility to know God, to know the Lord, to be filled with the Spirit, to know the Word and share that. That is our witness. That is our testimony because people don't know and they need the Lord. They need the Lord. Amen? And so that's, that's what this is all about. That's what he's showing us. The Lord's showing us in these Old Testament scriptures that everything I have, everything I've set into motion, I'm giving into the hands of men. I'm giving the commands to men that's carrying out my commands, that's carrying out my demands, they're following me, they're praying to me, they're listening to me, and I'm telling them what to do, and that's what they're doing, and that's why they tell you what to do. Amen? That, there's, a, there's a pecking order here in that case you don't know it. Amen? God's always got a pecking order. Amen? Moses is the one he talked to, and Moses talked to Aaron, and Aaron talked to the rest of them. Amen? And that's the way it was. And that's God's pecking order. And he has one all the time. And so we need to learn about that. And it don't mean that, 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 that Moses didn't roughshod over Israel. God did. Moses was just the most obedient of the bunch that listened to God. 
and obey God and love God more than he loved God more than the rest of them. I promise you he did. Amen. When he was up on the mountain talking to God and giving the commandments, they were down, what was they doing? They was in the valley building, building the cabs and running right. naked all over the place. Amen. Amen. And Joshua was the only one that wasn't involved in that. And guess who the next leader of Israel was? The only one that wasn't involved in Joshua. Amen. And so this is what, what the Lord got set up here. And so he had these princes to come. He said, I want you to supply the vehicles these people need to transport my tabernacle. I told them what part to get. I told them how to take it down, what to do with it. And when I say go, they're going to follow the cloud. When I move, they're going to move. When I stop, they'll take it down and they'll set it all back up. That's what the call of the Levites was. And so once he got all of this fixed, he began uh, to do something else. Now he says it's time uh, to, uh, to dedicate the, the articles of the tabernacle. And the first article that we're going to look at here is the, is the dedicating of the altar. When you think about this, and I tell you all this all the time, we don't really have altars per se, but we call this area up here the altar of God. The altar of God is one of the most important places in the church. Amen or oh me? Amen. When, when we have the invitation, it is an altar call. It is a call to people to come to the altars, bow down and humble themselves before God. In this tabernacle, the altar was a place of sacrifice. It was a place where blood had to be let. Something had to die. And it was done for a specific reason and a specific purpose. Amen? Our altars today are not altars of sacrifice of killing animals. But it is altars of sacrifice for us. When we come and we come and apply blood to ourselves. Amen? And, and is it the only reason we come to the altar? We're going to find out that these, uh, these sacrifices that they did was not always for sin. Amen? You don't have to come to the Just because you come to the altar don't mean you're eat up with sin. If you're eat up with sin, you need to be at the altar. Have you ever just come to the altar and knelt down and said, Thank you, God, for being my God. Thank you, Lord, for my, being my Savior. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to me. Have you ever done that? See, that's not what the altar's for also. Have you ever come and just, just bowed down and said, Lord, I'm amazed that you love me so much, but I'm so glad you do. That's another reason you come to the altar, just to give thanks to him. Amen. There's a lot of reasons we need to come to the altar. That's right. But we can come up with more reasons not to go <laughs> if we're not careful. Some of the most beautiful services we've had here is when this whole area was covered with people bowed down, praying, crying, touching one another. Amen. That's what the world's trying to take away from us now. They don't want us touching one another. They don't want you to lay a hand on anybody. They don't want you crying on somebody's shoulder. Amen? They don't want that. God desires that. Actually, He requires that from us with each other. Alright, let's move on. So now we're going to have 12 days of, of offering to dedicate the altar of God. Somebody read for me verses 10 through 17. Now when we read this before you, before you start, when we read this, that means we're not going to be reading verses 18 through 83 because it says the same exact thing in every one of them verses that it says in these few. Okay? So we're going to look at what it says to each one of them. So somebody read for me verses 10 through 17, please. And the branches offered for dedicating of the altar in the day that it was anointed even the princes offered their offerings before the altar. And the Lord said unto Moses, They shall offer their offering, each prince on his day, for the dedicating of the altar. And he that offered his offering the first day was Nashon, the son of Amminadab, Amminadab. <laughs> the 
tribe of Judah. And his offering was one silver charger, the weight thereof was a hundred and thirty shekels. One silver bowl was seventy shekels, after the shekel of the sanctuary. Both of them were full of fine flour mingled with oil for a meat offering. One spoon of ten shekels of gold, full of incense. One young bullock, one ram, <coughs> one lamb of the first year for a burnt offering. One kid of the goats for a sin offering. And for a sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five he goats, five lambs of the first year. This was the offering of Nashon, the son of Mendath. All right, so we look at this, and what do you, what's the first thing you think when you see the amount of the sacrifice? Now remember, this is a whole tribe. This is for a whole tribe of people, not just for a family but for the whole tribe of Judah. Okay? What's the first thing you see there? That the stuff that they use is expensive. Okay? The stuff that they use is expensive. Now, he, he, uh, the Lord has decided he wants to do this one tribe per day for 12 days. And each tribe is required to give the exact same thing. Now, Notice that if, if you've read the rest of this day, uh, the second day, the third day, the fourth day, he gives the exact same uh, giving that he gives to the tribe of Judah. What I do want you to notice here that uh, that uh, there is an order that he chooses. Now listen to me. God is a God of order. Don't ever forget that. He's not a God of chaos. He don't send people running off in a million different directions for no reason. He's God of order. And that's why you need to have order in the things that go on in the church. Because He is a God of order. And uh, if you'll remember uh, back a few uh, weeks ago, we talked about how He set the tabernacle up in the center of the camp. And then He gave direction of each tribe that would be east, each tribe that would be west, each tribe that would be north, and each tribe that would be south, he gave direction. There was three tribes on, in every direction with Moses and, and uh, the Aaron and his sons being on the east side. And who was on the east side? Y'all remember? I, I, it's easy for me to turn right back. I got it marked. Uh, you had Judah, Issachar, and Zebulon. Now look at the first three days. First day, who is it? Judah. Who is it the second day? Issachar. Who is it the third day? Zebulon. So it's the three tribes that are on the east side. Why would Judah be first? Because Jesus Christ was going to come from Judah. Amen. He's the line of the tribe of Judah. Judah was the one that received the birthright from Jacob that was the, the, the holy generation that Christ was going to come from. Later on, Israel is going to be divided into two kingdoms, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. The northern kingdom is going to be ten tribes. The southern kingdom is going to be two tribes, Judah and Benjamin, and it would be called Judah. Amen? And God took special care of Judah. Why? Because Jesus Christ was going to come from them. He took special care that each person knew what tribe they were coming from. Why? Because Jesus Christ had to become, had come from the tribe of Judah. His lineage had to be traced back to Judah. Amen. So that's why we had to do that. That's why they did it. That's why he's a God of order. Because everything in his word is pointing toward Jesus Christ. And everything that was said about Jesus had to take place just exactly the way it was laid out in the Old Testament. So we see here even that God being the God of order, he lays it out. So he has the first three tribes that are the Judah is first and then, and then the ones on the east side. And then he goes to the south side and, and he uses Reuben, which is the oldest son, Simeon and Gad. And then he goes to the west side, which is Ephraim, Joseph and Manasseh uh, uh, and Benjamin. Uh, now notice these three are the sons of Rachel. Amen. They're, they're Jacob's favorite kids. Now, Joseph is not listed as a tribe. Joseph was used in Egypt. 
Amen. He was Pharaoh's number one man. He is the reason God sent him ahead. It's a picture of Christ. But he sent him ahead to make way for Israel to survive. And God blessed him by giving him two tribes. Amen. And boy, God ain't got smart because he knew that Levi wasn't going to be a tribe like that. They were going to be used strictly for the tabernacle, so he kept 12 tribes, and the way he did it, he made Joseph two, Ephraim and Manasseh. That were his sons, and that's why you have those two tribes. And he put them, and he puts them there. And another thing, Joseph was, was, was favored Joseph. Jacob favored Joseph, and when he thought Joseph was dead, he favored Benjamin. Amen? God didn't pick who Jacob favored. Y'all notice that? We don't get to pick who God picks. That's why we don't get to pick and choose. He used Judah. Amen? The birthright fell to Judah. And so he didn't pick any of these uh, to go on the east side. But that's just something that popped in my brain while I was looking at, at this. And uh, so Joseph got paid, rewarded for his special service, and he, he was given what I call two helpings, or, or two tribes. And then the last was uh, Dan, Asher, and Nachalot, which was the northern tribes. And this is the order that God chose. The very order he placed them in around the tabernacle was the order of days. Each one was put in that same order to do sacrifices each day. And did y'all notice that? Did everyone want to notice that? Not till now. <laughs> God's a God order, and He's got a reason. Everything He does is for a reason. There's no, it's a, it, it's no uh, wonder that He put Judah, the tribe that Jesus would come from, on the east side. He's coming from the east when He comes. Amen. That's why all of our headstones are facing that way, because on that great getting up day morning, that's where He's coming from. He's coming from the way of Judah. Amen. God's showing us this all through the Bible, all through the Old Testament. He's giving us pictures of what we should know when we read the New Testament that this is talking about Jesus Christ. Amen. And so here, here's the other thing. Now, he, every one of these tribes has to give the same exact thing. Amen. So uh, uh, each prince, each tribe had to give the same thing. And they all gave a half a wagon. They all gave an oxen, so they'd have the six wagons and the 12, yoke, uh, 12 oxen. Each one had to give a silver charger. A silver charger. Now, I've got a study Bible here, so uh, if you've got a study Bible, you probably get to, get to look at, at, at what all this means. But the silver charger is a platter. It weighed about three pounds, according to this study Bible. Now, that's pure silver. Amen. Now, I don't know what silver is an ounce right now, but it would be pretty expensive to have that thing, uh, to, to have that thing, a silver charger that weighed three pounds. There was also a silver bowl. It, gave, it gives the weight in shekels. It weighed about two pounds, and they were both filled with what? Fine flour and uh, mingled with oil, uh, which was a, a grain offering or was a substitutionary a meat offering for the poor people who couldn't afford to get animals. They were allowed to use fine flour and oil uh, as a meat offering. Okay? So this is this is what this uh, silver bowl and this, uh, this uh, other bowl was filled with that. And then there was a spoon, the Bible calls it. Now when you think about a spoon, you think about one of the little things you dip eat with. Well this thing, this thing according to my study Bible now, uh, was a palm a palm, palm-shaped bowl. It was more like a dipper than it was a spoon, but that's what they called it. It was like a dipper. And it was made of what? Pure gold. Pure gold. So in reality, this little palm-shaped uh, vessel was worth more than all these others put together. Amen. It, and it wound, it wound up being about four ounces, and he wanted it what? Full of incense. Now when I think about a palm, when you think about a palm what do you think about? Where did Jesus say he would place us when he saves us? <laughs> Where? In his Father's hand. He places us in the palm of his Father's hand. Amen. How do we get there? We get there through, we can call it prayer. 
because it's repentance. It's when we call on the name of the Lord. That's when we pray to the Lord. When we pray and ask the Lord to forgive us of our sins, that's prayer. Amen. It's not one we like to do. It's a, it's a blessing to us, really, that we get to pray and confess and repent. But also, we continue our prayer, and we, we, we tell the Lord that we believe that He's the Son of God. We believe that, that He's God in the flesh, that we believe He's the Savior of the world. That we, you know, we can just go on and on about what we believe about Him. But He says it's okay just to say you believe and you know who I am. That's all He wants you to do is know who He is. That part of, of the sinner's prayer when they pray for salvation, and then we ask Him to fill us with the Holy Spirit. So we're, when we do that, the Lord answers our prayer. He hears our repentance. He forgives us of our sins. We are washed clean as a brand new baby. He places us in the Father's hand. He does it through prayer. Guess what's in this golden bowl? Incense. Now what's incense symbolic of in the tabernacle? The prayers of the saints. Listen to me. This is a picture. All of it's a picture of what Jesus Christ is going to be for us. Who do we pray to? Whose name do we pray in? Amen. Amen. The Bible says everything you ask in word or deed, everything you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, if you ask anything in my name, I'll give it to you. Don't he say that? Now, he ain't talking about gold and silver. He's talking about anything in the will of the Father. Anything in the will of God, according to Scripture, he will give to you if you ask it in his name. So all of this is a symbolic, it's a picture of Jesus Christ and what he was going to provide for us when he came. All right. Any questions about this or comments? Is it, is it a one? Is it a one-time deal? Is this a one-time? These twelve offerings is a is a one-time. This is a dedication ceremony. One, yeah. yeah, yeah. Now the offerings are going to come later on, in uh, in stages and, and times. But this right here is a is like the grand opening, the dedication of the altar of God, the altar of sacrifice of God. Because without sacrifice, there had to be sacrifice. There could be no forgiveness of sins. There had to be no shedding of blood. That's what the altar of sacrifice was about. That's what Christ was about. Yes, sir. You know, you're talking about, you know, Jesus places it in the Father's hand. Well, you know, in Matthew, Jesus, and this is my word, I'm paraphrasing. Jesus said, whom the Father gives me, I lose none. That's right. He said, my Father's either even greater than I am, and you're in his hand, and no one is going to take you out of his That's what he said. So Christ gives us a double protection of assurance that we can never be lost. Yeah. And, and not, we're his children, no one, nothing, no matter what, yeah. it's going to happen. Yeah. Before he says, I'll place you in my Father's hands, he said, I'll have you in my hand, doesn't he? You know why? Because him and the Father were one, and when you're in the Father's hand, you're in his hand, when you're in his hand, you're in the Father's hand. Hallelujah. He's a God of order. He's a God that puts us. When we call on his name, he puts us. I like that, don't you? He puts us and then we get to. You don't get to till he puts you. <laughs> Boy, that preach won't it. <laughs> that don't make no sense to a lot of people, but it should to us. Amen. Hallelujah. And so, uh, look in verse 15. Now, he's, he's, he's asked for all of these expensive articles. They're, they're filled with fine flour and oil. They're filled with incense. And, and not just any incense. The incense that he said, you have to put it together for, to, to please me. And then I look at the animals. He, he says uh, in verse 15, look in verse 15. He said, I want you to, have to give me one young bullet one ram and one lamb of the first year for what? A burnt offering. Now what does a burnt offering for? What does fire do? It purifies. So the burnt offering or the purification offering is for what? Sanctification. Amen? Purification. Sanctification. Setting aside. 
making us worthy to be a part of God's plan. That's what this is about. So this is done with the book and one ram and one lamb of the first year, and it was a burnt offering. And then the, the next one then that he does is the, uh, in verse 16, is he said, I want you to use one kid of the goats for a sin offering. Now just a, just a baby goat is what he wants you to use, a kid. And I want you to use that for the sin offering. And so the, the, uh, uh, the sin offering is a purification. Amen? Why? Because sin does what? What does sin do? Sin separates us. From the love of God? No. From the salvation of God? No. So what does it separate us from? Isaiah explains it beautifully. In chapter 59, read it when you get home. Amen? He says that when we sin, God does what? That's what he does. Now guess what? I can't see you now. I can't see your expression, but what can I do? I can hear you, can you? Now he ain't doing this for you to say, turn around Lord, I want this and I want that and you owe me this. Is that what he's wanting to hear? What's he wanting? When he does this, he wants you to repent. He wants you to apologize. He wants you to tell him he's right and you're wrong. And when you do that, guess what? He goes, I heard that. And he turns around again. And he's looking right at you again. That's how sin, reading in Isaiah 50, he explains it. Man, that Old Testament cat, he knew some stuff about God. He works with whole nations as well. It, it, that's what he says. And my people who are called by my name, they'll do the very thing we do. Because you know what he's doing to America right now? Right now. I'm glad that he don't just deal with nations as a whole. I'm glad he deals with individuals too, don't you? You know why he does that, Brother Don? Because he didn't ask me and you what nation we wanted to be born in. He put us here. That's why we don't have an excuse. My mom and daddy, if you just knew my mom and daddy, would well, you know why I act the way I do today? Really? Who put you with your mom and daddy? Huh? Who did it? When you were conceived, who gave you your soul? What? <laughs> do you know why you're a man and you're a woman? Because that was God decided that. Amen? He decided that. We don't get to change those things either, by the way. He made us who we are, put us where we are, in the family that we're in, and the nation. He didn't stop there. You know why you're the color you are? Listen to me. Because he made you that way. Why is the black man black? Because oh, God made him that way. You better quit and be careful. Why are people born in China? Because God put them in China. Amen. He didn't ask my opinion. He didn't ask me if I wanted to be a Terry. Did he ask you if you wanted to be a grinder? I didn't think so. There's just some things God does that He does. He puts us where He wants us and we're supposed to grow in grace and knowledge while we're there no matter what's going on around us. We're supposed to acknowledge Him in all of our ways. That's good stuff, isn't it? Yes, sir. Oh man, that's great stuff. Let me move on. So, so the sin offering is for purification to atone for a broken relationship with God. It requires, look, one kid. <laughs> How do we cure a broken relationship with God? One way. 
repentance. Just one, one way. That's is repentance important? Yes. You know what Jesus, one of his first sermons was? Repent, or you will all likewise perish. Ooh, that's pretty strong, isn't it? One kid. <laughs> one kid. One method. One repentance. To one God. Oh, I love all this stuff. It's beautiful stuff to me. I, and maybe I'm just making up things and making it run together. I don't think so. Alright, verse 17. The next one, he said, And now for a sacrifice of peace offerings, so now we got peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five he goats, five lambs of the first year for peace offerings. Now what is a peace offering for? It shows thankfulness. Amen? It shows thankfulness for what? Thankfulness for a relationship with God. Have you ever wondered why in the world God loves you and me? Have you ever wondered, God, what do you see in me? And sometimes you'll say, I'm wondering that myself. You better watch that. Just be thankful He loves us. And not only that, be thankful that the Bible says He had this written, nothing will ever separate you from my love. It ain't beautiful stuff. That's our God. Amen. So this multiply this by 12 and you see how much and how many animals that they sacrificed. How much it cost them in silver and gold and incense and fine flour and oil. Multiply all this right here by 12. This happened every day for 12 days. Amen. Have you ever wondered now, because see there's there's uh, there's other uh, there's other offerings that could have been given. There's another offering called a trespass offering. Why do you not think that he didn't include the trespass offering in this in this uh, uh, this dedication for the altar? It was done at the altar too, but why? I know the answer. You know why? Because he's looking at the sins of the tribe and the sins of the nation of Israel as a whole. That's why all 12 tribes had to be a part of it. The trespass offering was for the individual. Amen? The individual. It's what separated the individual from the tribe when they did the trespass offering. It was for a personal reason. Okay? We still have that today, by the way. We get to do that today. Amen? So when the tribe... The nation is going downhill, going to hell on a speedboat. The individual can still be in a right relationship with God because he's doing things right and she's doing things right with God. That's the separation and the distinction. You said it a while ago, but the whole nation needs to come together or we are going to be in trouble. And because we live in this nation, we're going to be a part of that that happens to our nation. Why the facts is the way it does. Boy, any comments? I know y'all are just busting with questions right now. <laughs> okay, good. I'm a good teacher, ain't I? You are. <laughs> so, if you talk about somebody in private, you know God hears everything. God knows exactly what you say. Amen. Who are you, who are you talking about? And I know I, one of my big mistakes is because I give them a piece of my mind <laughs> when I think about it. And I don't know about anybody else, but I've had to go to several men and tell them, I said, you don't know anything about this. But, but this is for me, isn't it? I've said, some bad things about you, and I, I just want you to forgive me. That's one of the hardest things Pete Ryder's ever done in Amen. his life. Because they look at it and they say, Father, oh, what are you talking about? I know that when I gave my life and everything to God, that that was one of the things that I had to do. And it may sound childish to a lot of people, a lot of men, we're all guilty of gossiping and backbiting. And that's some dangerous sins. We 
because it, it's a destructive sin. And you know the scripture says, be sure your sin will find you out. It's going to come to light sooner or later what you said hurtful about somebody that you're supposed to be praying with. And what's even worse than that is the hypocrisy of me putting my arm around old Troy right there with a dagger stuck in his back waiting any moment to do this while I'm loving on him. There's a lot of that goes on. God hasn't called us to be that kind of person. He saved us from being that kind of person. And he's empowered us not to be that kind of person. We have to, we have to refrain from that. Let me add this, and, and we're fixing to close out. Jesus fulfilled every one of these sacrifices for me and you. Every one of these. All these animals, hundreds of thousands of them over the centuries that had to die for sins of mankind, Jesus became those for us. Every one of us. There ain't a man, woman, or child that he ain't died for already. Not one. There's not a person in any nation he hadn't died for already. There's not a person in any color he hadn't died for already. Amen? And when he saves us, notice something here. Every tribe had to give the same exact thing. What does that show you? Solidarity. They all had to give the same, no more, no less. They all had to give from themselves, not from someone else. It showed a solidarity and a willingness to serve a holy God and obey Him on their own. That's what it means. As the church, that's what we got the unity movement going on right now. It's what it's about. It's the solidarity of the people who are called by the name of Jesus Christ. The people who are saved. And if you don't think this world ain't wicked enough right now that we better start doing that together, you better look around and think twice. I've said this and I'm going to say it again. I'm going to close. Uh, we'll start back up in uh, chapter 84 the next Wednesday night. Verse 84. Verse 84. Yeah, chapter 7, verse 84. I'm going to say this. Can you imagine? I don't know how many churches are in our area. There's, there's a lot of churches. I don't know how many members are in each church. If they're like ours, they have... 100 to 150 members and only 50 or 60 shows up. It doesn't matter. We better start showing up. And we better come together as a body. One body. And we better get on our knees and start repenting for not being the church that we're supposed to be been for a long time. That we've we, we pray that we quit being a divided church and start being a united church and calling on the name of the Lord and turning from our wickedness. And that promise will come to fruition. He said, I'll hear you from heaven. And when I hear you, when I hear my people that are called by my name doing what I ask them to, I'll heal their land. It ain't going to happen until we do that. So if you think our nation's going to hell on a speedboat, that's the answer. And the only answer the Bible gives us. He's waiting on us to quit fighting amongst ourselves and pointing fingers at this group and that group and come together in the name of Jesus Christ. Under one Lord, one Spirit, one Savior, one mind, one accord with one purpose. And that's to see His will get done. And he'll show out for us if we'll just do that. I hope you've been praying for that. Amen? Yes, sir. Brother, eight days ago, I believe it was eight or nine days ago, there were several evangelical pastors that asked America to bind together, to unite together, and pray for 21 days. And I'm saying that to this church to remind you each day, if you can think about it. Sometimes it slipped my mind, but I had to write it on a paper there in my prayer station. 
And they asked us to pray for 21 days for America to be united and come together and be the Christian nation that we're supposed to be. And I don't know how the effect it's having on everybody, but I'm telling you, it, it's all over the social media and the news media. Or not the news media, they don't want to talk about it. But it was uh, headed up by Billy Graham's uh, son. I can't remember his name. Franklin. Yeah, Franklin. Franklin, Franklin. yeah, Franklin. It, it started nine days ago, so it's not too late to jump in there in the morning or at night when you go to bed or whatever. Add your part to that 21 days of prayer. Right. And let's see what happens. Amen. Amen. Would you stand, please? Thank y'all for being here tonight. I love you. Appreciate you. I hope you've enjoyed this. I hope you got it. It was good, brother. As much as I got out of it. Because I'm going to tell you what, when I study this stuff, sometimes I just light up. It lights me up just to read and think about this stuff and, and to see what in there what the lord shows us is in this word and what this stuff means to us and i told y'all all the time when you study the old testament study it with jesus christ in mind because every bit of it is pointing right at him every bit of it there ain't none of it that's not about him amen i told donna before we left i said he's gonna have to struggle a little bit to make this interesting but you did it. <laughs> <laughs> it's good stuff. <laughs> oh, Troy, would you just miss it? Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity to come and study your word, Lord. Thank you for opening our eyes. Thank us for thank you, Lord, for giving us a good pastor that, that spends time in studies and and conveys that on to us, Lord. Let us take that information, use it, and let us never forget why we're here and whose name we're here in. Please be with us as we go through the rest of the week, Lord. Help us all gather back on Sunday. These things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.